Right. Who should say their name first, Danny or Danny? I think Danny should. All right. Should I just say, hi, I'm Danny O'Dwyer, or what should I do? Yeah, that works. Okay. Hi, I'm Danny O'Dwyer. I'm Danny Ailey. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Danny, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? <laughs> I'm going to guess that's me, because I said my name first. I that's love how us- you... That's usually how it goes. Is it? Okay. Uh, apologies, Danny, if, I have, uh, if I'm the wrong Danny. Uh, I'm Danny O'Dwyer. Hopefully the accent should make it easy enough to differentiate the Danny. Um, uh, I make video game documentaries on Noclip, and I guess if I'm plugging anything, uh, by the time this goes up, we will have the Noclip archive on YouTube, which is a big project where we're archiving a bunch of videotapes we found uh, that were being thrown in a landfill, and we were like, no, they have video game history on them. So if you go to youtube.com slash at Noclip archive, you can watch a bunch of weird videotapes about video games. That seems like something that should also go in like archive.org or like it some. It is. Okay, good. Yes. Someplace a little bit more <laughs> reliable than YouTube. Yes, that's fair. The reason why these tapes aren't on the internet already is that the previous video website that they were on is now gone. So you're, <laughs> yeah. you're right. We're, we're, we're putting them on both. <laughs> good. Excellent. Love it. Uh, and Danny, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Um, sure. I'm Danny. Um, I make music. Currently, I'm in a band called Night Brunch, which does not have any music available on the internet. So I'm just saying it to say okay. it. Look, look. If you're if you're not going to plug the stuff people can hear, then I'll do it for you. You can uh, you can find a bunch of Danny's music on the Frog Fractions soundtracks. I suppose that's worth mentioning. <laughs> I I have to be honest. I I feel a little uncomfortable plugging before having really earned the trust of the listener. Oh, you think plug should happen at the end? That's my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I should. I'm going to have to bring this up in the Topic Lords Discord. This will be a point of discussion. Maybe it could be a topic. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have those. This podcast is the only place on the internet you're going to hear topics discussed. <laughs> the Discord is a strictly no topic zone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's just pretend pretend you've been really erudite for an hour. Or did we already? We already did it. We already <laughs> talked about Night Brunch. <laughs> Can they see you live anywhere? The, the Can they come to your rehearsal space and hang out? <laughs> yes, to all of that. We do have shows coming up. We have an Instagram with a minimal but extant collection of things, mm-hmm. in, including um, a promise of future show information. <laughs> okay, good. Good, yes. There's a mailing list you can sign up for. It's not that kind of thing. You can add them to your web <laughs> ring. <laughs> Check out their MySpace is MySpace still a thing? Does my, do bands still go on MySpace? MySpace used to be the thing. Yeah, yeah I remember especially that. Especially for bands, right? It was yeah. all bands. Yeah. Wasn't it originally just mostly bands? I don't know about that, but they they definitely, the end of their life, it was... Oh, you're right. And still using it and yeah. no humans. <laughs> I think I do still have a profile that I left up and it kind of celebrated the, the custom CSS aspect of MySpace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Doing a, a transform to tilt the entire thing by one degree. Whoa. <laughs> Could you do? Oh, I guess with CSS, you could. You couldn't do that with raw HTML. CSS empowered the ability to right. rotate cells. I like it. Yeah. And in particular, MySpace trusting their users to make their own CSS. Yeah, that's was, remarkable. That's, yeah. That's remarkable. Cohost is trying to do that. They have like, they've put a bunch of work into allowing people to do interesting stuff with CSS while disallowing other things. 
<laughs> and I, like I just can't imagine they're going to win that fight. Like like eventually they I think they're I I have to assume they're going to give up and say okay, sorry, you can't do fun CSS hacks because we can't figure out how to it's going to just going to be an arms race where people figure out weirder and weirder workarounds for the limitations. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're setting it up for, right? When you allow people to do that, the first thing they're thinking is, okay, what's the gnarliest, weirdest thing I can get away with? Like that's right. That's yes. the exchange that's happening there. So it's yeah, you're you're just setting yourself up to fail. It's like if um if Breath of the Wild, but Nintendo was trying really hard to stop people from playing with the mechanics. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> stop making weird things. Only make the things that we want you to make. Right. You have a solution to this puzzle. Just use it. <laughs> that that would be such a better game, though. <laughs> it would be, that would be way more fun than the one where, like, no, what you have to, you haven't built your weird thing yet. Build the weird thing, or you're not going to be able to solve this puzzle. Are we ready to start on some topics? Sure, I love topics. That's why I'm here. Always, uh, Danny. Your topic is most song lyrics are redundant. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like, no, not. That wasn't mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we have a professional uh, musician here because this has been noodling around my head for a couple of weeks now. And um, I'm not somebody who understands the creative or technical world of music creation. I've sung in choirs. That's about it. I can't really do much. And I definitely don't know much about like how music is formulated, either technically or creatively. But I was... I was listening to a bunch. I don't know why I was doing this, but I was listening to a bunch of like music I listened to as a teenager. So a bunch of like, you know, prog and new metal and stuff. And for the first time, I was kind of like listening to some of the lyrics and I know all these lyrics. So I'm singing these lyrics and it's like 20 years later. And suddenly I'm like listening to them and being like, like, why? Do I, I feel so passionately about all these words, but the actual like message in these songs, I have never considered I, yeah. I i it's like the meter of the you know of of the words or the pace or whatever and that's what i connect with and then i started like looking for it everywhere and i was like i know a little bunch of taylor swift songs because my wife's always playing it in the house and i know and i know all these songs and i never thought about them and then i was thinking about okay rap music that might be the one place where this doesn't apply and then i found the sort of peak version of this that like basically felt i kind of looked at this album differently went was the whole point of this album let's just not care what the content of the words were at all and it was uh deloused in the commentarium by the mars volta it was their first album after at the drive-in split up and it's like beautiful music and i know all the lyrics and the words they use in it are like evocative and like colorful in all these ways that i think maybe are only that way because they were just completely un uncaring about the message of the words at all that they just went we're just going to use words like an instrument and just make some shit up it doesn't really matter yeah i think that's a really effective way to to make a pop song is is like not even really care what the words mean you just you th you're thinking about the individual syllables and right. if the syllables sound good when you're singing them then it, then it's good lyrics I've known a lot of people who write that way by starting with just kind of abstract vowel noises and then you fill in actual words to match later. Oh, wow. That's like a way. Have you ever heard that? Um, there's that song that was like popular in Italy where it's a guy pretending to sing American. Just what what English sounds like to Italians. Yeah. Yeah. The song. Yeah. And it's very weird to listen to because it kind of does sound like English a bit, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but obviously it's 
It's not, but it's, but it sounds, it's so funky. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's got a, it's like, it's really catchy, even though these are not actual words at all. Friesen, Colin, Ensign, and Cusel. Unicorn and Majesty, one piece in combination at Tucson, all right. You know, it's not famous, you can go to Mendoza, it's beaver of Asilatico. Is that the name of the guy or the song? That's the name of the song. I, I I read that poorly off of the Wikipedia page. <laughs> there's there's a discernible all right in that song, if I Oh, yeah, if I recall. you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a call and response or but something. But that could be a coincidence. Like, he might not know <laughs> that, that means something. <laughs> Just sounded good. All right. Those are the, the, the syllables that you say at that part of the song. He's <laughs> not wrong, yeah. Um, I do think that that whole concept would not have worked as well if it weren't in song form. Oh yeah. I feel like as soon as something has a melody and a rhythm to it, you start you lower your threshold for what is intelligible speech. Right. And also notably like the native language of rock and roll is English. Mm -hmm. Uh and it's also like the American accent. That's that's a fair point. Like I wondered there are like Irish rappers that I have followed, but it sounds very alien because it doesn't sound yeah. like it's coming from, you know, rap is such a African American like art form so it, it it almost feels like a completely different type of thing because it doesn't have the same syllable use or affectations or probably the way the sound happens in the mouth like it's guys from north dublin rapping sounds very different you know yeah but so does that give you enough claim to have invented a genre irish, irish you're rap. the first north irish person <laughs> taking a stab at a genre did you just invent another one you have to give it a name now there there's a sort of a especially with rap you're sort of you know entering into a, a dangerous cultural appropriation word there <laughs> you're gonna start to say that yeah time. that's the thing so yeah song lyrics well first of all like language is already redundant so you have that to start with and then you have the the if the words rhyme that's redundant you're using the same syllables again uh and then like a lot of the time like people repeat the chorus the chorus happens more than once yeah even if you don't repeat any parts, often like there's a structure to how the, the phrases are laid out, like there will be patterns to it, even if there's no rhyme to it. Right. Like rhythmic patterns or ide or ideatic patterns. Like you'll come around to the same idea and use like the same word, in the, but in a different way. I, these, these songwriters need to shape the fuck up. <laughs> well, I, I would say that music with or without lyrics is a, a very inefficient way to communicate factual information. <laughs> And if that's what you're listening for, you do better. Yeah. I want to listen to it all the way through and be hearing new data all the way through. All the way through. That's the yeah. problem with choruses, isn't it? I remember as a kid sort of coming to realizations is that choruses were kind of like goofy. You know what I mean? Like the chorus, if if what you're trying to do is communicate a message, then the chorus in some way should be really valuable information that's like you you're really trying to put it across that part or yeah. complex information that you feel like you have to tell somebody right three or four times you know how they they will use catchy music in like tv ads i don't know they, they don't have tv ads anymore i'm sure they must be surely <laughs> we've moved beyond as a culture there being ads on tv but when i was a kid we had tv ads and they had music in them and i still remember the music oh yeah the jingles and if they had used that music to convey like important information about like the world and society and, 
that would have been a much better use of my brain space and it would be a public good. But I feel like the repetition is the only reason that it's able to really drive into your head. So it has to be something pithy and and like low density. I uh, yeah. I, I woke up I woke up just the other day um thinking about the Mentos theme song, which I hadn't thought of the theme song, <laughs> the Mentos jingle, which I hadn't <laughs> thought of in years because right. we don't have TV ads anymore. <laughs> and I, I could remember every word and I just didn't believe that I had them right. It just seemed impossible that the words I was remembering were the actual words to that jingle. Right. You recall at all? I, I'm trying to remember that one. It might have, some of them didn't make it to Ireland or were different. Oh. So, Jim, do you remember it? What's the there, sound? There's like the do 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 wah part. That's what I remember. Oh yeah, Mentos freshness. Fresh goes goes better with Mentos freshness, full of life. Full of life. Is that the whole thing? They rhyme no. freshness with freshness. No, that's how it ends. There's a they do. They it's redundant, like you say. <laughs> but also, I it it never struck me as odd at the time. It was just I'm listening to the Mentos song. It's song. kind of kitschy and funny, like a gospel or prayer. You've all it's it's always been those words, and you're just yeah. Yeah, it's sacrosanct. It's like, yeah, it's not to be questioned. It's just the words that come out of the TV at this point in your evening. It's uh, my favorite is like the catchy. That's I like that because I like, although, you know, sort of capitalism aside, but I do like the 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 use of something really powerful to tell something really unimportant. Um, I was one of the songs which lyrics I really <laughs> connect with. And it's like so unbelievably emotional is Spoon Man by Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. Which is like one of, you know, Chris Cornell's vocals are just so powerful by themselves. And he's saying the words Spoon Man, <laughs> singing about this guy who clearly he likes, who like was a yeah. famous guy who played played the spoons and there's right. a spoon solo in it. But there's something about that. It's like a recurring joke with the myself and Jeremy who do no clip where we'll just be like hanging around and somebody will just shout out like Spoon Man. Just like, because it's just, there's something that I don't mind. Like the use of something, this powerful force and this powerful voice and melody for something that seems completely just like not not appropriately veneration of this this lovely spoon player right i think it's a pro yeah it's nice music's superpower to me is the ability to convey feelings that you couldn't express in another way or shouldn't or, or shouldn't or express, shouldn't express at all <laughs> it's just like emotions that you don't have words for that you're not gonna you, you might encounter in your life but you know it's difficult that's to... a nice i like that yeah similar to how like if you make a statement and then you make the equivalent statement, but it rhymes, people will rate the second one as more true. <laughs> right. And I think it's it's the same thing with music. Like people will like, oh yeah, because the melody is nice, people associate that with the value of the words as well. Right. Halo effect. Yes, exactly. I feel like they teach kids lessons that way, right? It's like... I'm trying to like recall any of them now and I can't, but like the idea, like sort of Smokey the Bear style, like there's 
like you know did it like i before e except after c or something like that like it the, feels the alphabet song. i'm loving it right you <laughs> teach kids to love it <laughs> like i like the, i do like the idea though that you're right if chris cornell had re- sat down and like penned a really thoughtful essay about this spoon man guy i wouldn't have you know it wouldn't have conveyed actually how he felt about this but when he's just like screaming spoon man i'm like oh Dude, yeah, yeah. You, and, you really and like this is a genre where where dissonance is crucial to conveying the thing. Like having everything be aligned is counter to the goal of the music, and the lyrics play into that. Hmm. There's there's definitely a thing to having lyrics that are dissonant with the music that you're hearing as being just one method in sort of communicating an unfamiliar feeling. Right, because it like does it jolt the listener a bit yeah it like jostles it you out of expectations and kind right. of yeah are we ready for another topic yeah uh danny your topic is perfect fourths and fifths are named wrong oh yeah this is this is my pet music theory crusade um you, you just have one it's my big one it's if i if i get one sure yeah <laughs> i'll just spit it out um perfect fourths should be called minor fourths perfect fifths should be called major fifths and a major fourth and a minor fifth are enharmonic. They're both the tritone. So why why are they why are they not called that? Why are they perfect? What's perfect about them? Well, I I think the original rationale was that you know we were talking about Pythagorean intervals before. Maybe that was before recording, and I'm not allowed to bring it up. Oh, it's it's fine. <laughs> Esper's going to have to make the hard call about which pre-show banter to include. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you already have to draw a line somewhere. Because you have unison, which is the same note twice. And calling that harmony at all is a little bit, you know, what are you talking about? And then you have octaves, which just sound like the same note, but one sounds higher. Mm. And calling that perfect is kind of the same. It's it's unison, but more spread out. But then you get intervals like three over two or four over three, where you start getting actually, you know, interesting numbers out of these harmonic ratios. Um, and someone arbitrarily decided that, that those were too fundamental to have a, a major or minor quality to them. So hmm. they perfect unison and perfect octave and then perfect fourth and perfect fifth. But, but they, no one but, ever says perfect unison. I think I've seen some like music theory homework that does <laughs> like identify this interval. It's like a, a P1. Okay. Not in decades though. I don't know. Could the use of the word perfect have changed that like at that time, perfect maybe didn't mean what perfect means now well it's it's possible but the the ramifications of this mistake calling these intervals perfect they they spread out there's ripples other naming conventions for other intervals you have you, you have all your modes um which go from lydian to locrian in order of brightest to darkest um right now lydian has an augmented fourth in it um and then from Ionian down to Phrygian, you're just turning major intervals minor as you go darker. And then once you get to Locrian, you have a diminished fifth. So that, like the fact that they decided perfect for fourth and fifth means they have to use these weird oh, right. alien concepts to explain what should just be fitting into the pattern as a major fourth and a minor fifth. But it's like a lesser one. It's like diminished. Yeah, they're, they're out of adjectives to describe the sharp four so they have to make up augmented just just count the semitones and give us a number <laughs> yeah. say, call it seven 
Do like the, the ARP command on the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. We're getting to trackers next topic. Uh, according to merriamwebster.com, perfect of a musical interval belonging to the consonances unison, fourth, fifth, and octave. So I'm sorry, Danny, you're wrong. By definition, fourth and fifth are perfect. By this, by this definition. I, yeah, I mean... I'm okay with the dictionary being wrong sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of like a point of pride if if you uh, believe something that the dictionary contradicts. Oh, that's that's a, that is a good point of pride. Yeah, that's uh, you get to be the underdog. You can be the working class hero. Yeah, is this a is this a popular, widely felt thing? So I subscribe to the music theory subreddit. I've never seen this come up. Yeah, me either. Um, either I found one blog post that validates it i think if you search for minor four it's tricky because a minor four chord is a really popular like nostalgic songwriting device so it's flooding google yeah so um major fifth might be easier to search for sorry i just paused trying to remember the leonard cohen lyrics and hallelujah the fourth the fifth i literally when you said that my brain that's where my brain went i also (laughs) like that i prefaced my topic with the admission that i know absolutely nothing about music theory and then this was the (laughs) second topic i feel i feel so out of my depth right now yeah might have been an ill-advised topic it's just any platform i have to espouse this idea i want to take it somewhere out there there's a, a music theory nerd listening saying i never thought about it that way I feel like that's what topic, at least that's what topic lords has always been to me is like the the silly little, like same with the music song lyrics thing, the silly little needles that are in my brain that I can't admit to any other adult because they'll look at me like I have some sort of problem. You can't bring up topics just out in the wild. You can't. Like, top, no, the world's not ready for topics. That's why we have this safe space. <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke earlier. You can you can totally put, bring up topics in the Topic Lords Discord. Okay, in case you need to. In, in case you <laughs> three in the morning, I just wake up and I just really need to unload some topics. Why am I not recording the show right now? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you if you spell out the modes with the right system in place, everything just kind of lines up and aligns mm-hmm. and makes sense. But I think part of why this happened and part of why it's complicated is because of another arbitrary choice at some point in the European music tradition to decide that the Ionian mode was major. Oh, it gets it gets major than Ionian and Lydian. There's just the one increment before you're just back on the next keys, Locrian. But Lydian is more major than what we call major. And I think if people had recognized that at the same time they were naming intervals. Fascinating. It would just be Lydian is all majors, Locrian is all minors. Everything in between is doing one at a time. So what does that say for like, what what note should Q on the tracker keyboard be? C. That should be C? Yeah, unless you're in Azuridi. No, no, I mean, that's what it is. But under your uh, hypothesized, if if uh, we called um, Lydian major instead, what note would that be? It might be F. You think so? You think F would be a better choice for for like the first note? Yeah, it would now. The first note you learn? I mean... In a perfect world, it'd be A. But... Even further from A. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it mean to be far from A? <laughs> They're kind of well, the same distance from A. Oh. Odd uh, diatonic scale. But yeah, F would be how you do just a normal, happy-sounding scale without any flat keys. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. sure. Something something musical, maybe. Yeah. 
that sounds nice. It's almost summer, and that means it's time for Mark Salud's Forever in Summer. I will insert a clip of this song here. This was a a thing that happened on public access TV in 1995 in San Diego. And it's a video of a dude. So he's playing a mod, a tracker mod on an Amiga. And while it's playing, he's jamming along on the keyboard, key jazzing, as the kids say. (laughs) Key jazz is the perfect term. It's a word I haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) Oh, you've heard that one. Key jazz? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They properly mixed in like a little bit of a key click noise so you can hear him like pressing the keys as the notes play (laughs) and also um they have like video toaster effects going on top of the like (laughs) so it looks like a a, like the cheapest music video you've ever seen uh and also the like the least charismatic pop star you've ever seen i love it so much just like this is what life's all about like these weirdos making weirdo outsider art is like that's what we should all be doing yeah i can see how you know as as the indie game maker that you are that this would appeal to your sensibilities it's very it's very a guy just doing what he wants to do like yeah yeah uh, i'm uh, as, as somebody who grew up in europe and just you know, grew up with an Amiga 600 as well. The the tradition of of the Amiga being used as a musical instrument in the UK, um, especially, is very strong. And also, I guess, in Germany and other places. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, like, video game composers kind of grew up using it. And just the sound card on it was just badass. It just sounded great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't that big in America. So it's I, I feel like he's even more of an outsider in the fact that this guy's in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, with an Amiga. That's yeah. quote a weirdo. <laughs> what a weirdo. Wrong city, dude. <laughs> Someone definitely saw that and asked if that's a Mac or a PC. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing from like a video production standpoint is that all of the cameras, you made the point that he's the least charismatic pop star ever. All of the cameras are actually orientated to the computer. Yeah. He you were largely look at looking at him sort of like profile behind. In fact, one of the angles is literally the back of his head. Yeah. Um, but but what's always sort of in frame, or at least getting the sort of gravity of the camera's uh focus uh, up until the end is is the monitor. Like almost like yeah. as, as a as a creative within the world of this shoot everyone is acknowledging that it's the computer that is that's, the that's the interesting part about this yeah right. yeah and i wonder whose idea that was like so the 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 name of this program is yourself presents and i get the impression that it's like a a, a non-going talent show the first comment on the video is i produce yourself presents that's present tense Oh my god. San Diego uh, public access going strong or oh wait, that comment was also made 15 years ago. Oh so my god. Maybe not. It's become a lie. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I I wonder like if they decided like what's what's interesting about this? Well, it's not the music itself and it's not the guy, it's the way he's doing the music, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. 
there's a novelty aspect if you haven't seen that sort of thing like oh you can see the music coming out of the computer there's stuff scrolling yeah it's it's something to watch which i don't know about the guy's face there's there's a beautiful sort of dichotomy between the tempo of the music is quite fast you know it's a lot of like did a little lots of beeps and just how little motion is coming out of his fingers. It's not like he's a, a pianist throwing his limbs around. He's yeah. got his hands sort of like planted on the computer and he's just like doing these tiny little, like he's only moving the bottoms of his fingers. And it sort of it feels yeah. like there's a disconnect there with the... I remember seeing somebody who had done a, like a side-by-side shot of like, he was playing like a dream theater song on drums <laughs> and then playing the same song on drums in rock band. Oh, funny. And just the sheer like the rigidity of like the the his torso was just in the same place the entire time while in while playing in rock band the fact that he w- just wasn't moving as much it just wasn't as dynamic it it really looked like the it was the two, two of the same person but like one of them was definitely about to steal the other one's girlfriend <laughs> like, like that that economy <laughs> of movement is a sign of good technique for pretty much any instrument like not wasting muscles doing stuff they don't have to do to get well, the sound. Yeah, and and rock band like really encourage because it's gamified. It really encourages you like you're trying to get a bunch of points, <laughs> and so it encourages you to like be as efficient as possible. But so maybe that's what you're seeing there is just the same action under two different incentive structures. Yeah, one of them wants to look awesome. I mean, there's there's definitely something to drums especially like more than almost any other instrument is is like more like dancing mm. where like you are you can really flail around and really like take take up space with that instrument yeah you can you can modify the instruments to encourage that more you know what yeah. i mean like you can place your cymbals where you want or you yeah. know yeah really mess with it but i i get what you're saying the the other thing i don't know if we have actually talked about this on the show Danny, I'm pretty sure I haven't talked to you about this, either one of you. you. You've played rock band, right? You played rock band vocals? Yeah. Yes. Rock band vocals, like the, the scoring system really encourages a specific kind of singing. Yes. It's not good singing. Uh, it, it's funny. When you mentioned the whole like economy of movement and stuff, Danny, uh, when we were, I was thinking in my head, the way I used to get like A pluses or whatever on rock band or five stars singing was yeah. by just like moaning into the microphone. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. Just... just the periodic woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you need to if you need to activate star power, you can just play this podcast, sync it up with me saying woo. Woo. And foot pedal trigger. Talk about lyrics being redundant. Like that's right. that's probably where yeah. I learned you, it from more than anywhere. <laughs> don't move your lips at all. Like no vibrato. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And also like a a pretty like, and this is something that I did because it was very effective. You like sort of pre-sing the note because it doesn't punish you for, for singing before the note starts. Oh, you can line up your pitch. Oh, you're right. Yes. You, you see it on the screen. Yeah. You'll start. Well, you, you can also hear it, but like, <laughs> uh, I need to see it. That's fair. Before the note starts. And then as soon as the note starts, you're getting points. Mm. Like it's not singing anybody would want to listen to, but it does score. It does score really high. Yeah, it's like if you had like a, if you taught a computer how to get perfect scores on Rock Band, it would just yeah. That would be such an, a good experiment. Getting like a, a some kind of generative AI right. to learn to play Rock Band vocals. Yeah, and and then, and then make a band out of that. 
I mean, so to make it interesting, I think you would want to like alternate generations between like, okay, now you're pulling it towards like the perfect rock band score. Now you're pulling it towards some sort of like other human, like human judged song. Like karaoke. Yeah. Something. or Yeah. Because it would just degenerate to like a sine wave perfectly tracking the, the note chart. Just right. like yeah, just like when when I play and just mo- go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, yeah, are we ready for another topic? Sure, of course, always. Uh, so this for this topic, uh, who wants to do a smutty poem? We haven't done one of those yet. So I'm going to be reading this poem upon Julia's clothes. Ooh, smutty by Robert Herrick. When as in silks my Julia goes, then then methinks how sweetly flows that liquefaction of her clothes. Next, when I cast mine eyes and see that brave vibration each way free, oh, how that glittering taketh me. Short and sweet, Robert Herrick. I don't get it. (laughs) It's a, now imagine it's a singer-songwriter thing. You got someone strumming a guitar. Uh, What else do the singer-songwriters have? They don't have parentheses. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Methinks they don't have parentheses. Oh, it's neither do listeners. Uh, Methinks is in parentheses, <laughs> listener. <laughs> do they have a harmonica? Imagine like between those two verses, there's like a harmonica mm. solo. Maybe clicking fingers or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You stomp your feet instead of applauding. <laughs> we we do, as a society, have harmonicas. Okay. <laughs> well, we got to work on that. <laughs> Do you think Julia was his uh was it his wife? Was it his was it his lover? Was it his sister? I'm gonna guess Julia is a mistress. Okay. That's just a guess though. When I was a kid, I saw a movie called The Diamond Fleece, uh, which is like a made for TV, I think made in Canada heist movie. Uh, and I remember being really enamored with like I, I remember just liking it a lot. The main character is trying to He's just been like released from prison. He's trying to steal this diamond. He's also trying to like woo a bookseller, like the the owner of a bookshop. Okay. And whenever this bookshop owner asks him about himself, he deflects with poetry. Interesting defense mechanism. Because he doesn't he doesn't want to talk about how he's like, yeah, I'm I'm about to steal this diamond. I just got out of prison. I steal things for a living. And one of the poems was this except the actor like misread it and said liquefaction because like nobody on the set knew the word liquefaction i guess right they didn't grow up in the bay area oh that's not a bay area word that's where i learned it because of earthquakes and sand okay didn't come up much in the southeast of ireland i don't know for whatever reason i guess i wasn't a science kid so maybe that's what it was so this is literally the poem. You remembered, like Danny was talking. Danny remembered the Mentos commercial. You remembered a poem from an obscure Canadian straight oh, to TV. I, I couldn't have recited it. Okay, but I did recognize it when I saw this. <laughs> he just typed in liquefaction into Google and kept searching. <laughs> so I I totally know what liquefaction means, but just in case somebody listening doesn't, maybe yeah, yeah. Let us know. Someone could uh, define it. Is it? Isn't it the process of uh, something solid turning into 
accepting or adopting liquid-like properties? Is that... Uh, uh, liquefaction takes place when loosely packed waterlogged sediments at or near ground surface lose their strength in response to strong ground shaking. So that's happening in Julia's clothes. <laughs> okay, I get it now. The the brave vibrations are doing it. Right. Pres presumably in the Each second way free. stanza. Yeah. The glittering. Yeah, beautiful glittering. He really <laughs> likes the dress. That's what I'm getting out of this. He likes her nighty. The process of making or becoming liquid. So it might that be just tracks, how yeah. it might just be how the dress flows. Yeah. Or it might be how she wets the bed. <laughs> like his clothes the... could also be bed clothes. Right. That is a word too, isn't it? This guy's from like the 1600s. So who knows what he's thinking or what he thinks is hot? They yeah. had glittering in the 1600s. <laughs> well, it might have just been a localization error. <laughs> I'm going to spoil the Diamond Fleece because no one's ever going to... Actually, you know what? It's on archive.org. Okay. You can just download and watch it right now. But I'm going to spoil the ending. It turns out the guy doing the heist is actually... Um, he, he made a deal secretly with the cop who's been following him, uh, expecting that the cop would like betray him, take the diamond for himself, and sell it to the mafia. So he swaps out a fake diamond that the cop then steals for himself and goes to sell to the mafia. And he did do this as like a revenge plot because the guy had like had hurt one of his friends. And then after that happens, uh, he gets back together with uh, the bookseller who is happy to see that he's not, he's not a thief after all. He's not, uh, he, he didn't steal the diamond. What the movie doesn't go into is what happens when he tells her that this whole time I've just been conspiring to murder this guy. <laughs> the whole thing was a plot to get the mafia to kill, to kill this guy and kill this cop because he's going to sell them a bum diamond yeah yeah right terrible great movie loved it loved it and it's got smutty poems so yeah several several there's more <laughs> wow okay sign me up archive.org <laughs> are we ready for another topic <laughs> yeah. uh danny your topic is oh yes oh yes oh yes um, okay, this this has been a long-standing thing that we've only tried to talk about by text. And so this isn't, I mean, it is a topic, but we're talking about it just because there's audio in this venue. Um, but then there's also a little bit of uh, cultural sensitivity. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, like partly San Diego, mostly El Paso, Texas. Border town, isn't it? Border Town, for sure. Also home of At the Drive-In and oh, um, Mars Volta, arguably. Awesome. Maybe, inarguably. I'm not actually sure. Makes sense, yeah. And there there was a sort of local dialect affectation that I haven't encountered anywhere else. It was a particular way of saying, aye, aye. And is that, is that oh, yes? And sometimes, yeah, because it, it gets, it turns into, oh, yes. And it's it's a very specific contour to the phrasing. I've, I've found some people in El Paso that just don't know what I'm talking about, and others are they white, especially people? here in Portland where I live, who get excited. Uh, well, this this transcends race. Okay, I think by virtue of living in El Paso, you're exposed to this. So you right. described it as Spanglish, which so that does cover both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, true enough. Spanglish also transcends. Race. I don't know. There's there's certain ways of speaking that I left El Paso holding on to. 
when would you use it? What's it's like, what's it's, or is it one of these phrases that if it can be used in like different situations? It, it has a very specific, um, very specific connotation to it. Uh, and there's different levels of exaggeration in how you pronounce it. Uh, the, the closest, I was thinking about this just earlier, knowing that this might happen, the, the sort of eighties, nineties thing of, of saying as if, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. As, like, if, as if, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit like that. It's a it's a kind of skepticism or like a release of attention of like I, I didn't actually mean what I was saying. Would be like okay, like like a kind of okay. I remember a, a friend of mine, Manny, was talking about skateboarding, and someone said something about doing a jump or an ollie or something, and he said, "Right, like I'm such a good skateboarder." Aye, aye. Okay. As if. Yeah. As if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh yes is like you take the same the same pitch contour and like expressive spirit and then you just put some actual words or english words in there so wait, so was oh yes the same thing or is it a different one oh yes and is that is that the same as ii yeah okay a little more english right i'm trying to i'm trying to think if there's any of these where i'm from there's lots of words that aren't used outside of my hometown or outside of ireland but not like because like that's not a word, right? Is II is it in Spanish? Does that mean anything? I I mean there there is there's lots of Spanish song lyrics that have I I I or, right. But I um I assume those are related. All I know is just what I learned to say. Right. And this this carries through. Like I I don't having moved to Portland, like one of the most Hispanic cities in the country to the least hispanic city in the country right yeah the america's whitest city <laughs> what they call it portland um i i've learned to like not say this to other humans but like sometimes it just creeps in um my, my work laptop has a fingerprint scanner mm. and just the other day i was trying to unlock it and it didn't like my finger and it told me to use another one but i'd only set up the one finger <laughs> my my response like under my breath was use another finger in the same the same contour as the ai right um which maybe maybe that's maybe that's universal maybe other people find that contour with other sentences but i just haven't seen it in the wild since el paso no and it's and when you mentioned as if you rightly made the point that that is a very like previous generation like phrase and use that I don't know it hasn't been replaced by anything we just don't do it anymore yeah or if it has I I don't know yeah what it is. I'm not exactly hip on zoomer slang no like maybe that's what sus means after all you know, <laughs> I don't know. there's gotta be a phrase that means I don't believe what you just said there's got it's got that we still use yeah I can't think of it though. Sure, or something, but like that's 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 not the same thing as what you're talking about. That's more. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, that's way more direct. Right. There's something more specific here. It's it's very frequently self-applied. Like mm-hmm. you're you're punctuating what you just said with this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like you don't. Yeah. Okay. Not. <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking of um, people who who posts on forums with the slash s at the end of their oh right yeah. yeah but but that's a different connotation too i mean it's overtly different and there is something so su- i mean language is so all about subtlety but there is something like i i i recognize what you're saying and that affectation um and it is different to all those things it is like 
it's kind of fun and sweet in a way, you know, it's self-deprecating a little bit or yeah. Or, yeah. Self-referential. Maybe that's why, maybe because it is such a self-referential thing. Maybe that's why it doesn't carry. Maybe that's why it didn't break out of, you know, El Paso because you can't say it to someone. Yeah. yeah. You and can't, then they like, say it to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of doing it to yourself. A bit like more, a bucket maybe. brigade. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that language spreads at all is pretty, pretty staggering. The fact that yeah. slang can go from some playground somewhere and make it across the country. And the fact that it doesn't sometimes. And like, the fact that, that it did that before the internet is wild to me. Like yes. the, the cool S becoming cool, so yes. ubiquitous, for example. Yeah. Did you watch that recent YouTube video about the cool S? There was one guy who spent like 10 years trying to find out where it came from. <laughs> oh, wow. And he... I have seen a YouTube video, but I wouldn't call it recent. <laughs> so probably not. Was there a conclusion? Not really. No, he he like the research was thorough. Okay, maybe we did see the same one. Yeah, and it was, but it was very interesting. And it just the the issue was that it seemed to go back very far, and um, mm. and he couldn't figure Ancient out if he Sumeria. already yeah, right. <laughs> him with the <laughs> Exactly, it was on ohm stones in Central Gallic Europe. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that and um the the myth about Marilyn Manson removing a rib, right. Yeah. That there was a thread yeah, yeah. recently that people people were in like Latvia talking about <laughs> how they got that too. People like had, had no idea who Marilyn Manson was, but still. Oh, but it was still about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, it was the thing that people know Marilyn Manson. For. I've heard that rumor about lots of different celebrities, like whoever the latest cool one guy to hate on is. Oh, and that same thread was talking about how before him it was like Ozzy or other yeah. people but I, Marilyn Manson in particular it had staying power it had, it had reach yeah he's a he's a memorable dude the one that comes to mind for me is we actually did this as a poem recently whistle while you work Hitler is a jerk <laughs> <laughs> do you know this one no the Mussolini bit his weenie now it doesn't work that's the rest of it that was that was the poem we did several episodes ago and that was like I remember hearing this like but I can't remember did I hear it from other kids or did I hear it from like adults who like, because that's a, that's a very, that's a very topical poem. Right. <laughs> For the 40s. But not topical to when I was, right. But <laughs> if you're, if you were the forties version of the CIA trying to like spread some propaganda among your people. Was it a psyop? Exactly. I think yeah. it might've been a psyop. It was like you were saying, like Just if something like rhymes, Thai. if something rhymes, then it sticks. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe Hitler really is a jerk. <laughs> it's, it that is what they want you to think. But yeah. It doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Oh, yes. Wait. Does that mean no? Does that mean you're not ready? <laughs> does that mean you moved back to El Paso so we can understand what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I do want to say if anybody yeah. has more information about Oh Yes or II or any any context to add, I would love to hear about it. Me too. Me too, yeah. Uh, Danny, your topic is celebrity deaths are getting out of control. Yeah, they are. And this is not going to stop anytime soon. I guess the issue here is more as a global society, the sort of the curve of number of celebrities has always been going up, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, there were celebrities. I don't know when the who the first celebrity was, Martin Luther or someone. <laughs> but like in, in the modern era, of like people who know who somebody is. It's like radio, television, movies, all that sort of stuff, right? So we grew up in an era where 
there's this big explosion of mass media and now we're sort of like we're in the sort of we're reaping what we sowed which is that like every two days someone famous is dying because there's just too many famous people and right. it's industrialized such... celebrity and now yes. we're post-industrial exactly we are and and we're just like every day i feel like i am constantly being reminded about this person who perhaps i did like and respect i don't know so that a musician or a sports star or a or a tv personality or an actor and they've died and i feel a bit bad about it because i'm like oh they're dead now their brains are rotting in the ground uh here's all the beautiful art they made isn't that sad but then the next day it's someone else I don't know, like you fired a bunch of arrows in the sky and now there's you waited a while. Now they're all like raining down on me. And I don't know what to do about this it's because I think more arrows every day, constantly it's adding more arrows constantly. Next year, there's going to be more like it's for the next. I don't know how long this is like having a pet It's like we're going to yeah. adopt this this future grief machine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but does having. If you have 80 pets, does that dilute the experience of losing one? Because there's a parallel with all the celebrities. I mean, yeah. yeah. You might be relieved if one of your pets dies if you've 80 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I've wondered about this. Like, So shortly after we had Winston, one of my cats died. And I definitely grieved her much less than I would have before Winston. And I think it's just because she was, at that point, no longer my surrogate daughter. She was just a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I I have the same. Related. We have two cats, and yeah, when we had our kids, our daughter, I remember feeling like, yeah, that would matter less. They're both still around, but I'm like, I'll be more sad for my daughter now, yeah. being sad, than I will be sad for me or the cat. Right, right. Well, but but also like that legitimately is like one of the purposes of having of of a, giving your child a pet is to show them the life cycle. Right. Like that legitimately is like it's it's practice for grieving stuff on things that matter. It's a it's a sh like all the fish behind you on this Zoom call. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. When the video loops, they all vanish and <laughs> new ones appear. Do they all die? Have we gone through several generations of digital fish? Oh, yeah. The video I is only like five minutes long. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. They well, luckily, they don't <laughs> have they don't they don't have memories longer than five minutes. That's why it's ethical to keep them in this tiny screen. <laughs> but also similarly like this is one of the benefits of like having a cat and letting it have a litter of kittens before you spay it like oh. it shows your kids like this is how life happens as well it's good practice so that's why we have celebrities is it so that when they die we can have <laughs> yeah. our, we can point at the television and say see See, I do feel something. Uh, yeah. Uh, then we really need celebrity births too. Yeah. We do. You're right. Like we're we're do. dropping the ball on that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Our, my daughter really needed to see the birth of um, Tina Turner, who died recently. So I feel like uh, the, Tina the Turner is definitely dead. Yeah. Did she die? Somebody. I forget. Some. Yeah. I don't know. Someone famous. Yeah. Chris Cornell. That was a few. Well, I guess that's not. I don't want to necessarily. <laughs> see, those are the real bummer ones. Then that's a whole different. <laughs> right. People. People you actually care about. Yeah, well, and also who who did not slip off this mortal coil as much as they decided to exit it themselves. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, the queen dying at the ripe old age of 200 or however old she was, you know. Well, not her birth might have been documented. 
that's, that's true that's, actually that's, that's the, case, the one right? yeah, yeah. The, the only issue there is did we have the technology to <laughs> you know there might be a gramophone of her her first cry the or one something. that got me recently was uh true goy the dove from de la soul yeah who died in february yes that was an absolute bummer. specifically the reason that got me was that I keep seeing like you never see rappers dying like at 80. Right. They're always dying at like 50. But then I realized it's because rap was invented in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all exactly. We're we're only coming to the to the point where they're that old. He did die did die young. And he also died back when Della Soul were like they'd finally gotten out of this contract dispute they had for ages they were finally back up on spotify they were oh, like gonna yeah. do stuff again and he was yeah and he was he was too young you know but yeah but but yeah. i'm not even talking about the tragic ones oh yeah like, like time comes for us all i right? saw and, people like tina turner was what 83 and yeah. people were like oh no it's so sad it's <laughs> no like it's great like at that what? point that's just life that's yes 100 yeah that's good innings nobody's like, you know, maybe I'll feel differently when I'm in my 60s. Hopefully I will be. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes retroactively tragic if a year from now we're all disembodied consciousness living on a Dyson sphere. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, it's going to be nice. And I'm if, so if, pumped. If that was next year and you died this year at 83, like no matter what age. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's a bummer. That is a bummer. That would suck to get like that far into not even your life but like humanities to be that close yeah we're that close to the finish line and you slipped. You just needed chat gpt to yeah write out the schematics you were at the olympics and that was the final hurdle and you just like <laughs> tripped and your face hit the hurdle and that you know, killer <laughs> exactly like that tina turner feels that way right now like about... a bennett foddy game i was gonna say <laughs> i mean at that point everybody but tina can be happy because we can simulate her music. <laughs> do you think do you think if that was about to happen and it was like the day before it happened, do you think I, I imagine there would be like if we're all gonna like live on this, you know, our consciousness are gonna be saved tomorrow. Yeah. I think a bunch of people would go out and kill a bunch of people. You know what I mean? I bet they'd be like, <laughs> you don't get to. Like Donald Trump's not making it. You know what I mean? Somebody's gonna be like, nah man. Like one of the major downsides of suddenly everybody's living forever, right. it means the baby boomers stay in power forever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is like, and not even if it wasn't like a generational hege hegemony like that, like even if it wasn't like they are the largest generation with, with a single like voting block <laughs> and all the property, nobody's ever going to get a mortgage right. again. <laughs> That that is like in many ways how culture moves on is that in in like it happens in science. Well, once they get to a certain age, like people don't statistically speaking, people don't change their minds; they just die, mm. and that's how new ideas take place, take their place. And so that is like a major cultural problem we're going to have to deal with, or if if this <laughs> happens, and if any form of immortality happens. So in that way, Tina Turner died so that. Billie Eilish could live. <laughs> Pass the creative baton to the next generation. Yeah. It may, making room for them. Yeah. Well, okay. If, if the inability to adapt and change your mind um, is a function of age, yeah, then maybe this whole disembodied consciousness thing will cure age to the extent that that goes away. 
part of the idea of of like when people talk about fixing aging, fixing death, that is a talking point where they want it. it it's not. It's it wouldn't be good if it was like you you live a hundred more years, but it's like like you, <laughs> the quality of life that you have now when you're ninety. Yeah, that would be shitty. Yeah, that yeah. You want the quality of life of like when you're thirty. Or, or at least that's 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 but what you'd I would still pick. take the pill or whatever, right? You'd still do it, like even <laughs> if you know you were like ninety, you'd still not go like ah. Yes, you know. but it might be a bad idea. But I would still do it, like the same way I use social media. Still, <laughs> <laughs> this is a mistake. Here I go. <laughs> there was a a survey I saw somewhere that said if you ask anyone what the best decade of their life is, they always pick the one that they're in. That's interesting. I mean, I I agree with that. Like every every decade of my life has been the best decade so far. Recency bias or just like I think I can make a cogent argument for my life, but I'm glad to hear that. That's nice. Because <laughs> I would have guessed that a lot of people would have been like, yeah, it was my teens. But yeah, my 20s or yeah. You know, I can't stay up as late in the club anymore. I keep getting hangovers. <laughs> Tina Turner's dead now, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. just yeah, he was alive when I was younger. But Billie Eilish wasn't. That's true. That was even. She was pre-dead. She was. <laughs> what, is that what we call it? Is that, the, is that what you tell your son? Yeah, you, before like five years ago, you were pre-dead. Now you're <laughs> now you're alive. <laughs> I guess pre-alive would be better, but pre-dead yeah. sounds cooler. We're pre-dead yeah. now, presumably. Right. Yeah. But okay, so you were also pre-dead beforehand. Yeah. Before you're alive right. as well. Still counts. The Venn diagrams overlap. So then, post life is death. Yeah. But what's post death? Ooh, post death. That's a question that we will. This is not going to be answered on this show. <laughs> is it not a topic? Once the universe contracts back down to the big bang again, guess we'll find out. And we just all start over. Exactly. You said that just as the fish restarted. Vague. <laughs> <laughs> What if we're the fish? Yeah, what if we're just a, a fish video in the background of someone's Zoom call? <laughs> I'll take it, honestly. It sounds all right. I mean, if if it's a question of like just reliving the life I already have, I would take it because I liked it this time. <laughs> right. Pretty good life. That's good. And just in general, I think life is pretty good. I life know some people disagree. Good. Like I know, actually, I think I know a fair number of people who could take it or leave it. And... I feel sad for them, man. Like just, just in general, like that, that kind of perspective, it, it says a lot about just how you feel about everything. There's never been a better time to not like life because there are so many vectors for disassociation these days. Like, like imagine being in like born in the fucking 1600s and like first you have to learn how to read and then you have to like get a book, which is probably hard to get a book because you can't afford it because you're working on your farm 15 hours a day and then you have to like has to be a good book these days you just there's like so many ways to just like you know what i hate my it's a bad day i'm just gonna watch 90 day fiance on repeat for 10 hours done video games everything it's great yeah what a time to not want to be alive <laughs> so you know have you ever like broken a limb or just any kind of physical ailment where you're some part of your body is out of commission for a chunk of time. I've never broken a limb before. I've been I've, sick. I broke a toe, but I could still, you know, shuffle along. Okay, so what you broke your toe, and then you're going around through your life just con constantly aware of how you don't have a functioning toe. And oh, yeah. 
the the feeling I'm I'm trying to channel here is the the feeling of like reminiscing about how good it was to just have a toe that worked. Right. Like I, I would yeah. took it for granted all these years that I just had a toe that didn't hurt and I could just walk. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that um that but scaled up to life is a thing that we're all susceptible to. Totally. Yeah. It's like the youth is wasted on the young thing where it's like you don't realize all the things that you have right. because you've always ha- always had them. Yeah. So we're not going to know how good life was until we're dead. Not really. I wish I could remember the context for this, but I remember listening to a podcast with a guest that was talking about like how to improve your life in your life in your old age, how to have a good old age. Okay. And like the reason he went into this as a field was that in his 20s, he had had like a significant back problem and was bedridden for like six months. Right. And that context of like being out of commission, like not just for like a week, but for a significant part of your portion of your life. Especially if you're that young, feels even longer. Right. It gave him that the perspective of of like, this is what life is going to be like for everybody eventually. No, it's not preventable, but it is you can you can have a longer good life by following you know exercise is one of those you know people just do more squats so you can get out of a chair <laughs> right. you know yeah Pretty good trade. so what i'm hearing is that if you have kids you should have pets so they can see the life cycle and you should also break at least one limb so that they can be uh yes well get the perspective y- yeah but you can't do it wait break your child's limb or break your own limb both okay because you can do it together it can be like a bonding exercise you break your limb before you have the kid because afterwards is a nightmare and then you can break the kid's limb so they get that perspective too okay they can right. follow in your footsteps but you have to do it in a way that like where they can't tell you did it on purpose oh you just sign right. them up for football or no yeah. then brain injury is too much of a risk yeah yeah break your neck. yeah yeah skiing yeah skiing i guess if we were to hypothesize the best way to get our children to get injured you would say yeah yeah you need to look up the actuarial tables for like maximizing <laughs> like a broken limb while minimizing like head damage the head da- yeah 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 totally right. no, no concussions skiing sounds although probably a right. concussion is a, a fantastic perspective giver is it i've never had a concussion i've been knocked out before but i never had a well i probably did have a concussion that the think about it the thing about a concussion is that you're not supposed to even think hard right that's bad for your recovery is to no like problem. be active or to like think difficult. You're supposed to like watch Frasier, you know, just right. like <laughs> the, the most milk toast, dull thing that'll still occupy your mind. So it doesn't wander. Stop reading Descartes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're supposed to be recuperating. You, you numpty. <laughs> numpty. It's a good word. Thanks. <laughs> That was the longest way to go for a dig on Frasier that I've ever heard. I really appreciate that. <laughs> hey, it serves a purpose. <laughs> the world needs a Frasier. You want to do this last topic? Absolutely. I think we have time for it. Yeah. My last, my topic is ZZT has achievements now. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you know what ZZT is? Yes. Danny? Yes. Other Danny? Yeah, the band. Just yeah. No, <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Big beards, right? Yeah, right. yep. ZZT is for the listeners a DOS game for MS DOS text mode, kind of a dungeon crawler where you run around as a little smiley face and shooting a little like different suits of cards. Very basic looking. 
Yeah. But the interesting thing about it is that it has a level editor so you can make your own dungeons um, and it has a little scripting language so you can make them do bespoke things. A lot of game designers first game design tool. And to this day, you still see people like making new ZZT levels. And in fact, like they they have reconstructed the source code. They didn't find it. They reconstructed the wow. source code of ZZT. Uh, and, and they found the right version of Turbo Pascal to compile it. That's wild. So that it's it's binary identical, which is incredible. Really? That's yeah. crazy. I know, right? Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> bizarre. Fully, fully reverse engineered, and they could match us. They could like confirm it was binary identical. Yeah, that they, is they, incredible. Yeah, an incredible project. And so, like now, there are there are mods that go beyond what the scripting language is capable of. And was ZZT like inspiration for Frog Fractions 2's sort of overworld? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yes. The text text world is heavily ZZT inspired. Right. Because I know Adventure is kind of like that too. Is it? Is that that game? Uh, Adventure, you mean the for 2600? Yeah. That was also an inspiration for text world, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're all like, it's the lineage of like you're exploring a world screen by screen. You like, you walk off to the edge of the screen and you end up on the next screen. I feel like that's almost a genre, right? Like, <laughs> yes, your multi-user dungeon or your whatever. <laughs> yeah, ZZT was um, written by Tim Sweeney, who is right. still yeah. CEO of or or some head of some kind of of Epic. Back then, it was called C Potomac Computer Systems. It was, yeah. He had to rename it though. I remember because there was another Potomac Computer Systems. So we called it, yeah, or something, or another company changed called it to Epic Mega Games. Yeah, Epic Mega Games. <laughs> I, I really wish they hadn't changed, re reduced it down to Epic. Epic Mega Games is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For April, on April 1st, they added ZZT to the Epic Game Store. Oh, okay. And they added achievements to it. Amazing. The Epic Game Store has an achievement system. Unfortunately, they're, they're bad achievements. They just they're like, you played it for an hour. You played it for 10 hours. Oh. <laughs> There's not you reverse engineered it. And got yeah, yeah. You... <laughs> That's this persisted past April 1st. It's still yeah, there. Yeah, it's still it's still there. Uh, but it was, I guess, supposed to be some kind of like, I don't know. It, it's not really a joke. Maybe the no. joke is that the <laughs> achievements were bad. <laughs> like it certainly would have been a lot more work to like, like go in there and like, actually detect that you were accomplishing things in the game mm -hmm. versus just like slap DOS box on it. And there's your, there's a timer running and yeah, right. yeah. it is your binary compatibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They totally could have like, yeah, the Pascal source is right there. They totally could have recompiled it for windows, hooked up the API, the, the achievements API. So are you saying that ZZT is an Epic game store exclusive? If you, I don't think it's on Steam. They finally have yeah. the killer app. Move over Fortnite. Oh man! Now I know I'm, I'm I'm I've got Steam open right now. I'm going to search for Caverns of Kras. <laughs> no, no results. But while I was typing Caverns of Kras, an autocomplete for Adam came up. So you're not the first person to ask. It was it was like it's 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 doing work to give me what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I am surprised. Sometimes I, I like, it's almost like, like, you know, typing in a random number into the phone 
I, I'll just search for some like obscure Amiga game that I grew up playing and see if anyone put it up on Steam or made a remake of it. And sometimes they have. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. It happened somebody it happened with Zool recently. I was like Zool. I don't know that person. one. No, it's like a I think they might have done a Mega Drive, a Genesis version as well, but it was like a an Amiga platformer sponsored by Chubba Chups, the or Chupa Chups, I think you call it over here. The the lollipop thing. Yeah. I, um God, I don't I, I don't know, but I think it's Chupa Chup. Chupa Chups, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely an Amiga platformer. Yeah, you can tell, right? It's like in the same lineage as, as like James Pond and you know, back back when they just made games about fucking whatever. Which <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss, you know. The artists and the programmers never talked. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They just like yeah. they just I drew a bunch of candy, make a game out of it. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Very esoteric. No achievements in those games, though. Maybe there is actually. Yeah, now let's. Yeah, do you know about retro achievements? No, is it? A, is it? A, I'm guessing it's some sort of framework that applies achievements to old games, like crowd yeah, source exactly. or something. Retroachievements.org. There's oh, a whole great. community of people like who are modding emulators and adding achievements to old games. That is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I wonder what the weirdest, most obscure one on there is, or like oldest. So do you mean the oldest game? Yeah, because there's probably a lot of like Genesis and SNES stuff in there, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole, well, so here's a whole list of, um, they've got Virtual Boy games. Uh, oh my God. There is a, there What's is a the Virtual Boy emulator scene look like? Yeah. Why do you yeah, even... I bet it's, I bet it's really blossomed after the, uh, after VR helmets came to, to be a thing. That's the killer app for that new Apple one. They're going <laughs> to... Um, oh, there's Just, achievements for the Fairchild Channel F. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, that that might be it. <laughs> that might be it. There's actually there's weird ones. There's ones for like Lord of the Rings: The Third Age on PlayStation Two. So it's like obscure, <laughs> but in the other direction, you know, of just yeah. like yeah. I I didn't realize they went as recent as that. Yeah, Nintendo sixty four. Uh, the PlayStation 2. PS2 is as late as you could go, right? Because the three have trophies. PS3 had trophies. Yeah, it did. Wow. Oddly enough, I don't see the GameCube on this list. Seems like that would be. That's a shame. Yeah. I'm gonna get my uh, get my my beautiful Joe achievements on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you need to, if you need the thrill of achievements while playing extremely old games, this is the website for you. I guess it makes sense because a lot of people who play these games on retro. Like a lot of these folks do replay these games over and over and over again. So at least it like gives them an excuse or, you know, some sort of framework to replay it. Yeah. Instead of just yeah. playing it for fun. Futurama on PlayStation 2. They got achievements for it. <laughs> I'm going to look at the achievements for Futurama on PlayStation 2. In Planet Express, loot through all the staff lockers and walk in on Bender. <laughs> there you go. I'm trying to take the general temperature about how we feel about achievements as a ludological device yeah any value is it just extrinsic reward schedules (laughs) that's that's exactly what i'm looking for give me more of that (laughs) oh this this god this happened like in my mid-20s i played a game called chibi robo uh and it's a game where you play like a house cleaning robot um and it's it's like uh you're having adventures around this house getting to know all the other toys and the other and the people living in the house but the main thing you do is you like you have a little toothbrush and you scrub scrub stains away and that gives you experience points 
and like you find a piece of trash and you pick it up and then you put it in the trash can and that gives you experience points <laughs> and you use them to level up. And at one point I walked under the, like the, one of the kids in the game, I walked under their bed and there was this huge pile of trash. And I was like, score, this is so <laughs> much experience for me. And, and then Frog Fractions was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was like, I realized like I can do this in real life. I can assign <laughs> a point value to all the things that I don't want to do. Like, yeah. Like doing chores and that sort of thing. Or the things that I just, that I do want to do, but I need some sort of, like my my lizard brain needs an incentive to do it. And it was effective. It worked as a motivational tactic. But this is exactly what like psychologists tell you not to do with kids now. Right. You're not supposed to give like gold stars because what you're trying to do is instill in your child, like doing the right thing for its own sake. Even like you're even discouraged, like the, the, the book that I read was like, you it even discourages you from like giving up praise. Right. Because then they will look to you for what is good. Yeah. You're trying to instill in them, like to figure out for themselves what, a, what good art is. Or what, yeah. What feels good to them in the right. moment or later. Like, Yeah. Right, that's, right. That's amazing. I a, a friend of mine who works at a daycare, and they have a, a definite philosophy about how to handle pretty much anything a kid will say to you. Yeah. Any kind of like, look at this art I made. They train you to just observe factual information about the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is red. You used red. Tell me about this. You ask. You can ask them a question. You know. Yeah. Not just yeah. say, "Oh, it's amazing! You did so good!" Or right. right, yeah, and and I I suck at that. I'm so bad at not praising my kid. <laughs> like he's he's starting to make symmetrical Lego structures. I, I I never even learned to do that. Right, like he made a pretty convincing like battle fortress. That's rad. On the achievement thing, we had a I had a weird um, video game website. I guess it's not weird. It's just a video game website, but. It was called Citizen Game, which is maybe the worst name ever for anything. When will movies have their Citizen Game? I know. <laughs> Literally, there was, do you remember that Jared Butler movie Gamer, I think it was called? I never saw it, but I remember it. The original title for that was Citizen Game. And oh, no. So we, for a movie, that would have been... We were very worried because we thought they were you know, impeding on our copyright. But we had this thing on the podcast called Pass the Points, where the easiest Xbox 360 game to get a thousand gamer score points on was this like avatar game. Oh yeah. You could do it in like, like two minutes. Like it was like, <laughs> there was five achievements, each of them, which was the minimum you were allowed by Microsoft to have for the thousand. Each of them was worth 200. And it was just like, get a combo of killing five enemies, 10 enemies, 20, 40, 50 or whatever. And the first chapter of the game like 50 enemies run down a, a street after you. So all you have to do is hit this button and it does it. Yeah. And we had this like pass the parcel thing where we do it and then we'd email it to, we'd send it to one of the listeners and then they'd send it to someone else, like a sort of a chain letter thing. And I got like seven people down and then it disappeared. So we were like pretty pissed off about that. But yeah, I just like that. That was one of those playing the game literally just for the chivos like i think king yeah. kong was similarly pretty easy as well how did it feel it's how did it feel like <laughs> like any skinner box right like it felt good in the moment <laughs> but then i was empty on the inside you know yeah i i was definitely into xbox achievements for a long time 
And I finally got out basically because I got a PlayStation 4 instead of a whatever the Xbox equivalent was that I forget. But I I, I ended up with like over 100,000 points. Wow. That's a lot. It was a lot. I got like 55 or something. But right. That was- yeah. Just, wow. And it was just because I was, I was like, I, well, I played a lot of games, but I also deliberately sought out the points because I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to maximize my score. And looking back on that, I will, I would say that I don't think it improved my overall experience with the Xbox. You know, I think it would have, I would have had a better time with that, a better, like, or, or more, more quality dense experience with it. If I did not have the achievements driving me to play in a certain way. It's weird. There were some games that I definitely felt like I got more out of them because at least I was going for the achievements or I played them in you hard. You can do a good job with achievement design. Like as, as a, as a game designer, you can like push people to do interesting things, but it's also really easy to fall into the trap of like. I mean, there there are lots of things you can do that are just kind of like scummy, like the the whole avatar thing. I, who knows if they did that on purpose to make it be like, let's sell a bunch of extra copies to people who just want a bunch of achievements. <laughs> or they found that they needed achievements like two days before gold. And we're just right. like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. got to do something. Is it any different if if you've accidentally created an achievement? I mean, anytime there's a certain number of things you can collect, but you don't need to get them all. Yeah, you know, just implicitly created this stretch that, goal. I mean, and I think collectibles are another another game design trope that can be deployed with taste or, you know. Yeah, a, or not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. We've covered a lot of topics. Danny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Type Danny <laughs> oh, O'Dwyer no. into the internet <laughs> and you'll find me. And Danny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> Uh, is the answer no? Because you can say you don't want people to find you on the internet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of words. The okay. way you fr- the way you phrase it is very like confident. People find you, and it's like they're <laughs> it's like you were hiding, and and they're they're coming for us. You know, uh, the favorite <laughs> response I've ever heard from anybody on the show was Chris Cornell, not the singer who died. Oh, funny! A game designer I know named Chris Cornell who Chris said, Cornell. "I'll find them." <laughs> i like it I, i'm trying to give people an out i'm trying to say like yeah you you don't have to tell me your address <laughs> or, or or all the listeners of the show your address you can just say yeah you can't find me can't be found. and that's on purpose you can't come to come to the night brunch show <laughs> you can though there just isn't a nightbrunch.com yet Oh, wait, actually, there is, and it doesn't belong to us, so don't go there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's not another band, is it? It's such a good joke. No. Oh, good. No, I think there was there was a night lunch or something in Canada, maybe. That's not as good. No. I agree. I mean, like, they're they're lovely people, I'm sure. I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on night lunch. Yeah. We need all this together. You know how angry Canadians get. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. 
Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.